Hi guys, this is Jenny Lyles. Welcome to Out of My Mind. As you can see from my handy dandy whiteboard today, we are going to be discussing gaslighting as a boundary crossing. Now let me first define gaslighting. Gaslighting is when a person or institution who means you no good is attempting to make you question the evidence of your thoughts, the evidence of your emotions, the evidence of your body sensations, and the evidence of your senses, such as your eyes, ears, nose, etc. Okay, the purpose of gaslighting is to make you feel like you can't trust yourself. As this is always used to control a person. Gaslighting is always some form of boundary crossing. But I want to spend a moment before we go into each form of gaslighting that I've kind of drawn up today and go over the four types of boundaries. The first kind of boundary is a physical boundary. And a physical boundary is how far away from you a person should be. You're the dot in the middle and you've got your bubble and who can touch you when and how, okay? The second is material boundaries. And material boundaries touch on spending or lending money, time, influence, and power for other people. Okay, and how much that goes into things. The third kind of boundary is a mental boundary. And this is where people get into your thoughts or try to police your thoughts. And fourth is an emotional boundary. And this is where people try to tell you how to feel. I go into more detail um, at oomm.live on boundaries, defining boundaries, which I posted a few days ago, and it should be there forever and ever, amen. So go ahead and go look it up. So those are the four kinds of boundaries, and I have come up with a baker's dozen, which is 13 ways that gaslighting affects people's boundaries. And I'm also giving some examples of what gaslighting is so you understand it better while we're doing this. While I'm talking, I'm also going to be trying to explain what you can do when you're gaslighting to some extent, but mostly we're just describing gaslighting today. Now, first and foremost, lying is a form of gaslighting, especially if it is most or all of the time, about everything. And I don't mean everything literally, but if there's an opportunity to lie, this person will probably find it. The sky is blue. Nope, it's purple. The This pen is green. Nope, it's red. Sorry, honey, I managed to use something that you won't be able to see in your color blindness, so I will switch. This is another shade of brown. That's the red. Okay, my husband is colorblind in case you didn't get that. Now, lying crosses your mental boundary, and it crosses your mental boundary because it challenges what you are thinking. You are looking and saying, I'm seeing the sky is blue. My senses are seeing that the sky is blue. And they're like, absolutely not. Don't you see how much red there is in the sky? And you're looking at it and going, nope. 
This is another, another example is two plus two equals four. And they're like, no, two plus two equals five. And if you've ever read George Orwell's uh, 1984, you can see how that plays out. Um, the second of the gaslighting techniques is labeling and joking as a pair. So they're going to start out saying, you're so stupid. And you might challenge them on that, or somebody might challenge them on that. And then they'll come back with, I was just joking. And this is a pair, they go together. Um, I had a relative do this a lot to me when I was a child, and it has stuck with me my whole life. Uh, this is, the truth is here. This is what this person is really saying, but they're trying to make you believe that this is what they're saying. Again, this crosses a mental boundary. It is challenging how you think about what you see and what you hear. Okay, so the boundary crossed, you're crossing your sense of self. You're, you know, wait a second, I'm pretty sure that the body language and tone of voice there made that completely not a joke. But they're saying, no, 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 that was just a joke, sweetie, or I don't know why you're so bothered. You know, the boss always jokes like that, that sort of thing. A third is kind of vague accusations. And when I say this, it's kind of going to be slippery. So you're going to slide. So the first accusation might be, you're not a good mother. Okay, and you come back with, well, I care for my children. I make sure, so you go point A, B, C. I care for my children. I work. I make sure that their boo-boos are cleaned up, and I provide them with a firm foundation for adulthood. And then they're going to come down, and they're going to find something you didn't include in these, and they're going to kind of say, nah, I'm kind of pretty sure that this makes you not a good mother. This is the accusation here. Um, it doesn't define what good mother is. One of the keys here is that good mother is undefined. So whatever they're accusing you of is going to be undefined. You're, and what, however you attempt to define it, they're going to find a new way to define it that is very different and changes. And so you can't get a firm grasp on that. Okay, that's how... Um, that one works. It is going to be both a mental boundary and sometimes a material boundary because sometimes they're going to be in those vague accusations having new expectations, which leads us to number four, changing expectations. This is fairly common in the beginnings of uh, relationships during the courtship phase. Um, especially if you are dating a shark, go see the shark cage metaphor. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's on my website. Um, a shark is going to love bomb you, make you expect that you're going to have lots of cuddling, lots of emotional support, etc. Okay. 
So this is the contract you kind of signed here, right, in this relationship. These are the things you expect. You get into the relationship and suddenly you are the cook and you are the girl in the bed or person in the bed. Okay? And those are your jobs and you are no longer getting emotional support and you are no longer getting cuddling. They will... Um, that is kind of one way to look at the changing expectations. Another is that after you get into that relationship, they're going to expect you to give them more while they're giving you less. They're going to deny your memory, deny your senses. They're going to say, oh, that never happened. We never agreed on that. I don't know, have any idea what you're talking about. Um, you've probably heard that before from a boss, from a, a partner, from a government agency even. Okay, so they're going to change the expectations and say, no, that is not the agreement, the social contract we made. We are making a new one and you just have to deal. That is, again, challenging your mental boundaries. Most of these gaslighting ones are going to focus on mental and emotional boundaries. There are exceptions. Five, when confronted, and confrontation of somebody who is gaslighting you can be dangerous because they don't want to have any accountability, which kind of leads to they will make you responsible for their actions, thoughts, and feelings. So if they abuse you, that's your fault. If they think badly of you, that's your fault. If they are feeling a certain way, that's your fault. And they do not take responsibility for any of these things whenever possible. Gaslighters will do this. And when you're being gaslighted, you will notice this pattern of people saying, you're responsible for what I did. You're responsible for what I thought. You're responsible for what I feel. Again, that is going to be something that is an emotional boundary issue. And when I talked a little about aggression in this last one, that kind of leads to six. We'll use body proxemics, which is a fancy way of saying getting in your bubble. to intimidate you. So when you're getting too close to feeling out the reality, they're going to start pushing in on you physically. They're going to walk right into your bubble, loom over you while they're talking to you, this kind of thing, right? So you're going, ah, I'm feeling trapped. And they're just getting, and we saw this a little bit. Um, if you want to see a public example, in the 2016 presidential debates, in the second one, Donald Trump followed Hillary Clinton around the stage as she was talking. This is an excellent example of using body 
proxemics to intimidate. Of course, this one is a physical boundary issue, whereas most of them are mental or emotional. So watch out for that. That is, again, it's making you feel like, and of course, if they, if you were to turn around and say, hey, you're in my space, they're like, oh, I didn't mean that. Or you must be imagining it. I'm way over here. You know, that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. The seventh is false, idealized versions of themselves. Everybody thinks that the gaslighter is wonderful. The gaslighter is wealthy. The gaslighter is protecting you. And as a member of a system that supports a gaslighter, because you, if you're part of a family, you're part of a system. If you're part of a work, you're part of the system. The system is required to defend this idealized version. You might have seen this if you work for a large corporation. You'll get your corporate um, stuff fairly early in your orientation, and they'll tell you how wonderful they are and what the corporate line is on everything you're supposed to be telling people about what your corporation does. Um, the boundary crossed in this case is getting you to lie to yourself and to others in order to benefit them. Now, lying to yourself is important here because, again, they want you to question your own senses and your own judgment. This is a material boundary in addition to an emotional boundary because they're expecting you to use your time, your money, your influence, and your power to defend them, which leads us to number eight. They're going to break rules and laws and expect you to cover for them. So again, this is a material boundary. It takes us a step further than level seven because you're looking at somebody who is actively harming people and you are helping them harm people. So you want to be really careful when you run into somebody saying, you know, just this once, can you help me break this rule? Just this once, can you help me break this law? Now, occasionally a little law breaking is necessary in the world, and I am chaotic good. Make whatever you want of that. But not as a general rule, and be kind of careful about things. Now, number nine is a big one, especially in business. I see this a lot public shaming and humiliation. I want to talk about some nuances here because public shaming and humiliation is acceptable in certain circumstances. And this is call-out culture. Um, if the person is more powerful than you, if they are a public person and they have influence greater than yours or power greater than yours, so we got power influence greater than yours, then go ahead and call them out if you feel safe to do so because sometimes only shame works. 
or more precisely, the money loss from being shamed pub publicly works. However, if you have more power than the other person, if you are way up here and they are down here, then you should not be doing this. You should not be publicly shaming this person and this person should not be publicly shaming you. This person should be free of public shaming. This person, it can be acceptable to publicly shame, if that makes sense. And each of those is relative to each other. So, when somebody publicly shames you, they are violating the privacy of that relationship. Now, again, if this is a public figure, there is no privacy. No privacy in the X there, okay? If this is not a public person, then there is an expectation of privacy between these two people. They should be able to talk about their issues without taking it public. No screaming matches in the grocery store, no dressing downs in corporate meetings, uh, no screaming by police officers at somebody who's mowing their lawn too loudly. Number 10 is telling you what you can think, feel, and do with your life, okay? So they're going to tell you, you must agree with them on pineapple on pizza, okay? And it can be major things, and this pen's not working well, so let's go to a different. This can be um, must agree, okay? And you must agree on their feelings about things. If they hate uh, the word moist, you have to hate it too. And on doing, you must obey. Because if you don't, obviously, you are too crazy. And I'm using this word deliberately because this is the slur that gaslighters use most. You're too crazy. You're unstable. You are, I've seen batshit. So there's cussing in this one, guys. I've seen all kinds of things. This is what a, a gaslighter will say. And then they'll say, well, you're too crazy to know what you think, know what you feel, know what you do. And when they do that, they limit the scope of your life again. Another thing that gaslighters do is do always, never statements. Now, I want to make clear here, none of these uh, 13 points are always true for every gaslighter, but these are all common trends. So you always do the thing I hate. You never do the thing I want. And they're going to, if you kind of come up with a counterexample, wait, I didn't mean that. I meant this, which is a little bit different. And they're going to keep pushing you when you say, no, here's an example, here's an example, here's an example, until you finally give up and say, okay, it's always. Or, okay, it's never. Okay, and that's 
how they get your whole perception of reality to shift. Number 12 is blame victims for their own abuse. This is summed up in DARVO, which is deny, attack, reverse, victim, and offender. So they are going to say, you deserved this. And there's going to be this little rebellious piece of your brain going, no, I didn't deserve it. And they're going to come back with, yes, you did. You hurt me. I was forced to hurt you. I was forced to hurt you. Because... I'm the victim. In some very unhealthy situations, there's gaslighting at both ends. You will sometimes see that. Um, try to remember that you are responsible for your own actions and so are other people. The last of my baker's dozen of things here is micromanaging. Here we are, now I'm making it work. Micromanaging your relationships and activities. Um, a gaslighter will tell you you're untrustworthy or irresponsible. And you can't be trusted to choose your own activities because you have, quote, no common sense. And when you say that to your child, remind yourself that you are trying to raise adults, not children, which means they're going to have to make mistakes. And it is normal to make mistakes. When you're in a relationship, they're going to say you're untrustworthy. I have to look through your Facebook. I have to look through your messenger. I have to look through your chats, your Snapchat, whatever. I need that secret password to that little hidden spot in Snapchat that people aren't supposed to be able to see because I don't trust you. And here's the gaslighting piece about that. People who don't trust you are projecting. That means they're usually untrustworthy themselves. They are doing the things they are accusing you of. This, again, goes back to Darvo. Okay, thank you guys very much for tuning in to my Not A Ted Talk. And I'm going to flip this over because I prepared it. Thank you for watching. Please go to www.oomm.live or patreon.com backslash J-L-I-L-E-S for more. I also have a YouTube channel and a Facebook group called out of my mind, which is a moderated space for people to have discussions about mental health and a little bit of social justice and feel like they are supported, validated, and safe. Thank you again, and I will see you next time.
Bye-bye.